morning, everyone. The Lord has a habit of using our children to tell us something. Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's an example. And the Lord used Knox to me this morning. He doesn't know it, and I didn't know it was going to happen. But as you know, I am very thankful that Knox can run from one end of the church. And in the morning, he's up, he's down, he's around, he's all over. And in those moments where I, I, I thought I was going to have a lot more patience as a father, and I do not. Um, uh, I had a wonderful example of a patient father growing up, and I thought that was just going to naturally transition over to me, and it did not. I have zero patience, and I try to remind myself all the time that, you know, you know more grace, less hammer. That, that's, I, but it's, and so it just, sometimes it drives me up the wall. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, uh, kind of exposing myself as not like y'all. Y'all don't get exasperated by your children at all. Um, and, and he was running back and forth, and I'm so thankful that he can. Um, uh, he's a miracle in, it, in itself, and I try to remind myself that, of that every time I get so worked up. You know, I, I, I tend to focus on the what he's not doing now and not on how the Lord has blessed him and healed him. Um, and so I'm prone to go to that mental state uh, whenever he's not doing what I want him to do. And I, I, as Bonnie was walking through the hallway in the back, I finally got him to a place I had to go somewhere else, and I said, I'm done chasing him. I'm done. And so I walked in here. And in that moment when I said that, it hit me. As if God was saying, that's not me. That's not how I am as a father. I will never stop chasing you. Never Never, no matter if you're from one end over here and you're one end over there and you're not going where I want you to be, I will never stop chasing you. And in the same way, God will never stop chasing any of, any of y'all in this room. You are his child. You are his beloved. He will go so far even to send his son to earth as a baby to come get you. And he did. And that's what this wonderful time of year represents and celebrates that Jesus came to earth to get us. God sent his son to get his children. He will chase us down. He's not waiting for us to get it right. He's not waiting for us to want him. He's not waiting for us to be worthy of him. He comes after us while we were sinners, while we didn't want him, while we were in the wrong place, while we were in the wrong crowd. We're all herdmans. We all don't know. We all haven't been told until someone, until God sends someone with the gospel on their lips and tells them, hey, hey, unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting, Prince of Peace. And he is for you. See, this isn't a movie that just happens over here that we get to go see and leave and go about our lives. It's something that happened for you. For you. I've never been to a movie where someone looks to me from the screen and says, hey, this story's for you. This is what the Christmas message is all about. It's for you. And it's for me. We tend to sometimes keep 
Christmas and, and Christ over here in a corner that, oh, that's, that's a wonderful story and that happened and, oh, yeah, it's for all the people that need him. It's for me. It's for you. And that changes everything. Christmas changes everything. And to know that it was planned and thought out before the foundation of the world was laid. There stands a lamb who looks as if he was slain. God had a plan to rescue his children from themselves. The for you-ness of Christmas was for you even before you were you. The greatest gift of all Jesus Christ for sinners. So the title of this message today is, Hey, Hey, Unto You a Child is Born. I want to read, and I, and I love that, uh, the Christmas pageant. We've been on a the theme of that. It's, it's a wonderful story because if it's easy to think or identify yourselves as the good little town kids. Or maybe I'm speaking about myself. When you're first hearing it, you're thinking, oh, that's awful. Oh, that, I can't believe they were there. Oh, oh, oh. And it's until it hits me that, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm the unwanted. I'm the, 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 the lowly. I'm, I'm the dirty. I'm the one that's on the naughty list. I'm the one that needs good news. And then you start identifying with the herdmans. And you start realizing that, wait a minute, we all are the herdmans. We are all the outcasts. We are all the unlovable. We're all the dirty. And yet, God still wants us. Because we're great? No. Because he is great. And see, that slight little emphasis and change on things as well, of where we start looking and revolving everything around God, Everything around the Christian rather than, I mean, everything around Christ rather than around the Christian, and it changes the game as well. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read the Christmas story, and I'm going to pull some things from it that I think are, are, are very important to keep in mind and that will bring good news to everyone here today. Starting at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, even to, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, 
Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. The event had happened. It had come. It was here. Something that had been planned out before the foundation of the world is now starting. It is now coming into history. It is now happening. See, that's another wonderful thing that I love about the truth of the Christian faith. Is that it's rooted in history because it actually happened. That's why you see all these things be listed here. Wait, governor of what? Syria? Quirinius? What? Uh-huh, what? It's because it happened, and then the authors of this Bible, of the different books that were inspired by the Lord, put these jots in, of history in there so that people would go back and say, well, yep, that happened. Yeah, that was during that time. It's rooted in history. See, th- we have a faith where it's just not over here out of reality that we can just follow like a philosophy. It's based on fact. It's based on something that happened. God became a man. God became a man in the flesh, became a baby and was born. Had had fingers and toes. He grew up to be a man, had actual flesh, had an actual body that was actually broken and his blood was actually spilled for me and for you true events that happened bethlehem this is kind of funny bethlehem means house of bread jesus says i am the bread of life and he was literally born (laughs) in the house of bread Shepherds. Maybe our view of the shepherds in this story is kind of romanticized a little bit. We know the Christmas story. We see shepherds. Oh, they're the shepherds and everything. Back then, you didn't want to be a shepherd. Because if you're a shepherd, it means you really couldn't get a better job. Because you were probably an outcast. Because you probably didn't have certain life skills to do a different kind of job. They were seen as dirty, as unclean, because they're out in the fields forever and ever with these sheep. Go tend the sheep. Go, go be a shepherd. I'm trying to think of, like, what's the job that we do it. You see someone doing a job, and you think, well, thank goodness I'm not doing that. And then in your mind, you start thinking about, oh, I wonder why that person's doing that job, or how do they only get that job, da, da, da. That's what people felt about with shepherds. Being a shepherd was not a job to seek out. 
But yet God chooses to announce the birth of Jesus to the wrong people first. Jesus wasn't announced to the royal family. He wasn't announced to the, the political leaders of that time. It didn't, the angels didn't go to the religious leaders of that time. The like, angels didn't show up to the Sanhedrin. They didn't show up to the Pharisees. They didn't show up to the Sadducees. They didn't show up to all the right people. They went to the lowest of the low. The angels were sent to the lowest of the low, to shepherds, to say, Hey, unto you a child is born. And he is for all people. And someone referred to himself as the great shepherd, excuse me, the good shepherd, Jesus. He's the good shepherd, and it's being announced to shepherds that he's here. The Lamb of God. His announcement, his, his coming on this earth is being announced to shepherds. The birth of the one who would call himself the good shepherd is announced to shepherds first. The announcement. Can you imagine that? Angels weren't looking for God. I mean, excuse me. Shepherds weren't looking for God. They were looking for their sheep. They were minding their own business, living their life, not looking for God, not on some great quest, and God just sends angels to show up in their life and to tell them the good news. Can you imagine that? I, I, being out in a field and all of a sudden, What is going on? And you think about that angel for a second. Hey, go tell the shepherds that he's here. And if the angel knows, and this is, doesn't say this, but I'm thinking, and the angel's thinking, wow, this is it. This is the moment. This is the moment where God is just going to blow up everything. All throughout the Old Testament, we think of Ezekiel, we think of Jeremiah, we think of Isaiah. Anyone who comes into the presence of holiness or something that is holy, there is instant fear. Faces to the floor in sheer terror. Why? Because man is not holy. Holiness, and this is anyone, holiness shows up and you're there and you are you, are, you become keenly aware of how you are not. Isaiah, when he's, when he's in the throne room of God, he's on his face. Woe is me. I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, living amongst unclean people. It's just, there's no hope, right? The law is holy. And the law to sinners says, be very afraid. The law accuses sinners rightly, justly. The law accuses me. Oh, yeah, can it guide? Yeah, I can guide and teach me how I am not holy. It accuses. The law is good. I am not. The law will always say to me, be very afraid. Two sinners, the gospel always says, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And the gospel always, always, 
always has the last word. The, the gospel always, always trumps the law. Where the law accuses, the gospel comes in and says, but there's someone who has made satisfaction on that individual's behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God, and where he is, they will be also. Good news of great joy to all people. Good news says to sinners, fear not. And this is something that's amazing too. See, before the gospel shows up, before the announcement comes up, everything is very tribal. Everything is very, this is Israel and this is everyone else. This is Israel, this is Gentiles. This is where the promise is from. This is where the hope is from. This is where God's chosen people is from. The angels come up and says, all people, it's good news to everyone. What about those people over there? Yep, them too. Well, what about the people that aren't looking? Yep, especially them. Well, the dirty and the clean, what about all that? No, it's for everybody. All people. Looked it up in the Greek. All means all. Everyone. Everyone. The world. Jesus is for everyone. In whom he is well pleased. Now, see, if you read that, if you're that passage through law ears, like I can, real easily, where is it? Where is it? And so there was, da, 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 da. glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And, and, and the law hits me. And I started asking myself, well, is he pleased with me? If I'm, if I'm looking at me, the answer is no. But when I look at Christ, the answer is yes. With whom he is pleased. In Christ, God is pleased with the world. He reckons to sinners Christ. Those who are in Christ, God is well pleased with you because you're great. No, because Jesus is great. And that is what is being counted in your place. That's what happened on the cross. The great exchange. My sin got transferred to Jesus. His righteousness got transferred to me. And now when God looks at me, he sees the blood of his son and he says he is well pleased with it. Because I'm great? No, because I'm in Christ. He sees Jesus on me because I'm great? Because I'm Jesus? No, 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 no. Jesus is being counted in place of me. That's how God can be well pleased with anyone. Because they are in Christ. For I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And how is that given? How is that given? It's given by faith. It's a gift. It's all gift. Anyone who makes it be a transaction, transactionalism, if I do this, God will do that. Uh -uh. God did something. He gave something to you. He gifts us with faith. He graces us with Christ. It's one way on us. It's literally open up a dead hand and putting the gift of salvation in the dead hand, closing it and saying, yours. And then faith is exploding into the dead soul, courtesy of the Holy Spirit, when he takes the gospel and he blows it up inside of a dead soul and says, wake up, get up. It's true. The good news is true. Faith in Christ, yours. Jesus died for you. Believe and live. That's what happens when the gospel is being preached. 
I, it's, it's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle for anyone to go from not wanting Jesus to wanting Jesus. That is a miracle of the Holy Spirit because it means God did something. That's why I can't go over here and say, oh, uh, oh, look at me and what I did. Look at me and how I saved myself. No, no, no. Jesus saved me all by himself. All of it's to him. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. All of it. Christmas morning is one of the best examples that can be used to preach the gospel to anyone who has a gift under the tree. How is that? We are told all throughout the year that only those who are on the nice list get Christmas presents under the tree. And somehow, someway, sometimes, some of us fool ourselves into thinking that we're on the nice list. Newsflash. We are all on the naughty list. We are all on the naughty list. But yet, what happens? What happens Christmas morning? Naughty children still get a gift. How is this, how is this possible? In the economy of, of, of justice, in mercy, how can God do something like that? How can he gift naughty people with such a wonderful gift that is Jesus? You want justice? Look at the cross. See justice in its full value and force. The righteous justice for my sin was poured into the body of Jesus Christ on that cross. He drank my cup of wrath bone dry. Not one drop of the just wrath that I earned was left in that cup. He drank it all down. He said, it is finished. You want mercy? Look at the cross. Look at the cross. In Christ's death on the cross, he pours out all of his righteousness, all of his grace, all of his forgiveness, all of his promises on me. Just as my sin is counted as if they are Christ's and belong to him, his righteousness is counted as if it were mine. The great exchange. The for you-ness of Christmas is real. It is for you. All of history, God's design, he had you in mind because he is great. A gift given that was unexpected, undeserved, and without regard of our being worthy of it. Shepherds minding their own business. Hey, hey, unto you a child is born. Sinners not wanting God not looking for God. Hey, hey, unto you a child is born. People who think they've gone too far and that God would never take them back and God would never forgive their sins and God would never take them back into the fold. Hey, hey, 
unto you a child is born. The for you, the for you-ness of Christmas is the same yesterday, today, and forever, regardless of where you're at right now, regardless if your greatest blow-up is tomorrow. It's still for you. It is still for you. People in this sanctuary who think the Christmas story is about other people, church people, and not them. Hey, hey, unto you a child is born. Everyone in this room, everyone outside this room, Jesus is for them. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Savior, Forever Friend, Friend of Sinners, Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning and the End, the Author, Worker, and Finisher of my faith. Faithful when I am faithless. The Lord and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world was laid. He has been for you since before you were you. Your name is written on his hand. He knows the hairs on your head. He will fill the fire of hell before you ever will because he died for you. For he was put through all of that for you on the cross. He is your sacrificial lamb in place of you, exchanging your naughty list with his nice list. Nice list. Jesus Christ is coming to town. He's made a list, but it's not a naughty list and it's not a nice list. It's a list of names of people who are in the Lamb's Book of Life that he has written. There are no resumes in the Lamb's Book of Life, just names of people whom he died for. The gift of Jesus Christ. Receive the gift of Jesus Christ this morning. It is Jesus Christ for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Will the team come forward, please? Maybe this is new, new to you. Maybe, maybe no one's ever told you that Jesus is for you. That he is for you right now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. He's all that. He's for you right now. The same Jesus that was for you yesterday is for you today and is for you tomorrow. He gives himself as a gift to you. And I want to encourage you this morning. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Period. Period. If I'm in heaven, you know why I'm in heaven? Because Christ died for me. He promised, he promised, he promised. All throughout scripture you'll see everyone, Abraham, throwing the promises of God back at God. But you promised, you promised. Faith in Christ. I invite everyone to come forward this morning if they want to place their faith in Jesus Christ and haven't done so. He takes all who want him. During this Christmas season, let us be encouraged to remember Jesus and to find it rest that even when we forget him, he hasn't forgotten us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Merry Christmas. Unto you, a child is born.
Praise the Lord. What a wonderful message. Hallelujah. So if you don't need to call Alexa today, you know the answer. Hallelujah. I want to just remind you a couple of things just before we pray. On Christmas Eve, which date is that again? I can't remember what date it is. Tuesday. What date is it? 24, Christmas Eve. You're all invited here for a wonderful candlelight service. And how we do it is we start at 5 on the dot. And we finish at 6. And then my wife Maggie and her team, they're putting on, is it downstairs Maggie? They're putting on a wonderful uh, time of our drawers and all that kind of thing and fellowship downstairs and we just fellowship until you want to go home. All right, but it starts at five, finishes at six, and then we go and we have a, a bit of food together. Hallelujah. Are you excited? So that's, what night is that? Tuesday night, all right, at five o'clock. You're all invited. And I would like for you to bring your friends, your neighbors, people maybe you haven't, you don't talk to, but to get, come along and hear the story of Jesus. God bless you. I want you know, I want to thank you for who you are, who you are as a congregation, for all the love that you've shown the ministers here, their wives, the family, and I really appreciate the love that you have for one another. So with that said, I'm going to hand it over to the team. And if anyone would like prayer, just come forward right now. We'd love to pray with you. In Jesus' name, amen.